Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Review Show here on Sunday at 8pm. Yes, um, we have got a chunk of rugby to talk about, well, mainly two games to talk about, um, but we might touch on some others as well. Um, got some, obviously, we had the uh, Maori All Blacks playing last night um, against Moana Pacifica. I was at that game. Um, and uh, also uh, in the Rugby Championship, we had the final game there, which was the Wallabies versus um, the Pumas in some uh, pretty atrocious conditions, really. Um, also, there's been some uh, autumn, rug, uh, autumn Nations Cup action as well, which we might touch on, but I'll be honest, I've not seen any of those games yet. Now, we were having um, some technical issues, but let's see. Can Stephen hear me now? I certainly can this time, Paul. It sounded, yeah. like you're on the, sounded like you're on the moon before, but I am <laughs> here and ready to go. Fabulous, fabulous. I was a bit... Uh, a bit concerned uh, that it was going to be a bit of a monologue for the for for for, for a while there, uh, but uh, yes, the big game of the weekend, I think, um, if and well, for more than just the rugby, uh, rather than just say uh, maybe not um, was was uh, was that game between the Maori All Blacks um, and uh, Moana um, Pacifica uh, before those. Now um, uh, I was. Uh, uh, happy to, well, I was privileged to get a um, media pass for the game. Uh, so if you head over to New Zealand Sports Radio Facebook page, you can see my post-match um, interviews with, uh, well, actually, well, the post-match uh, conference with the um, head coach of, uh, head coach and captain of both the teams, plus also my one-on-one -on -one interviews with Caleb Trask uh, and also Dwayne Poliativo. Um, but, uh, Stephen, uh, I don't know how much of the pre-match stuff was available on TV. Uh, did, did you get? Uh, uh, did, did, did they did they show the um, uh, some of the Moana, some of the uh, Pacifica uh, cultural stuff that was going on in the ground or not? Yeah, yeah, there was a there was a little bit there was a little bit uh, uh, pre-game. Obviously, we saw the uh, saw a rendition of um, 
of uh, the uh, of the of the haka, which was which which was very impressive. But we also saw a uh, a bit of a mismatch of the of the tippy siever, and uh, which is part of the uh, the uh, Fijian and uh, Samoan and and also the um, Tongan culture. So yeah, yeah, we got all that uh, preview at the beginning, and just sort of added added uh, added that flavour to what was a great night. Yeah, because there were obviously there were the two challenges, but there were also um, there was also uh, some um, uh, Pacifica singing uh, and dancing uh, going on as well. That was also uh, part of it, um, as well as a um, uh, a pre-match game, which I think I would think which which was um, was it? Uh, uh, I've, I've gone blank now, but it was a, a women's game. I think between which, between Waikato and. Um, uh, and Auckland or um, or Tamaki Makura, um, actually uh, using the using the Maori name. So two two Maori sides playing um, two two female Maori sides playing each other, um, which was um, uh, which which was very good. Um, the uh, the um, <laughs> good to see that uh, Nocturnal Rights can put his book down uh, to come and join us on the show. That's nice. <laughs> uh, the so. Um, uh, yeah, so there was there was a lot of that during the week um, on Facebook. There was a lot of um, um, a lot of that as well. Uh, and uh, at the um, news conference, um, we were asked to refer to um, Tano Umanga uh, not so much as the head coach, but as the chief um, of the team, uh, using the name. And I've gone blank now. Sorry, folks. Um, uh, it's on my video, so I'm just going to very quickly um, look on. The uh, look on Facebook so I can bring up the video. Um, uh, with um, uh, it's just uh, there's no there's no volume on. Um, is it a, a Mai Tai something like that? Uh, no, uh, Fala Logo, um, was the um, and sorry for the mispronunciation there, folks. I'm, I'm sure I've got it all wrong, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it's clearly, um as I say, a lot of, uh, they, they really were, yeah, it, it's his, this is very much a, and it's one of the, the points I made with Dwayne um, post-game was, this is very much a uh, Pacifica side um, for the for, for Pacifica by Pacifica um, as well. This is not, um, uh, this is not a bunch of um, Pakiha uh, at um, uh, New Zealand rugby um, putting this together and, um, and making a, basically a shambles of it, which let's be honest, we've seen uh, happen in the past. Which I think is, is, is good. Um, yes, the uh, uh, the, uh, the the challenges at the at the beginning, uh, a bit of a, a, obviously with the Moana Pacifica uh, representing multiple cultures, mm. they, they melded those um, yeah. together. Oh, exactly, Paul, and, and that mixture obviously was out from the Samoan haka, which is the the siva toe, and then they also have the sippy toe, which is the Part of the uh, the Tongan Tongan haka, and also the uh, Fijian, which is the Sibi, uh, and uh, like I like I like yourself, I apologise if I haven't quite nailed the uh, the uh, pronunciation of that as well. So uh, yeah, it, it was very very passionate, and the Maori haka was very passionate as well. So it was a good start to uh, what we always thought was going to be an entertaining uh, contest, but very respectful contest without too much niggle. Yeah, um, and um, the uh, so the, the name of that one is uh, Tua 
Kua Kua. Um, uh, it's for those of you who want to um, uh, who want to who, who want to know um, that one. Um, uh, Simon says there's new information on who's behind the team. Uh, well, that'd be nice to know. Um, but the uh, listening to some of the comments made by people off off record, um, I think a lot of the people um, uh, were were basically doing it. Um, were volunteering their services uh, to make this game happen. Um, I don't. I think there's a lot of people who were not getting paid um for this one um uh so yeah so obviously when when they become a proper super rugby side uh and have a whole season they're going to need to pay people it can't you it can't they can't continue uh having uh the um uh, the, the whole team uh sort of infrastructure behind it uh being volunteers which i say is what it was um uh so far uh as, as far as i'm aware anyway um, i don't even know if the players got paid so <laughs> Maybe yeah. ask Wayne um, that when we when we next uh, next see him. I'm not trying about saying Dwayne has a good seven minutes. He did. He's got to try. And if you listen to our interview, he'll he'll talk you through that sixty meter try, um, which um, which I asked him about. Uh, he 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 puts it all on, onto the uh, uh, onto the forwards. Anyway, oh, by the way, um, yep, new type of beer tonight, Catalina for me. But there we go. Um, so Stephen, uh, look, it was it was a festival of culture. Um, around it, um, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll allow you to get some work promotion in, in there. For, in, in, in there, <laughs> uh, yeah. the um, um, uh, it was a festival, uh, sort of festival, or cultural festival around it. This was not festival rugby, though, was it? This was a proper. Um, if this, 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 I mean, straight away, penalty off the kickoff, and the first thing that Marnus could do is, is knock over three. Um, they um, they were here to win the game rather than try and uh, play entertaining rugby. Uh, that that, that yeah, winning was the purpose of the song, wasn't it? Oh, very much so. I think probably uh, if the other thing that was quite noticeable very early in the piece was the line speed of of both sides. Paul, they were putting a lot of pressure on each other. They were putting a lot. I know New Zealand Maori were putting a lot of pressure on the um, uh, on the uh, Mana Pacific uh, clearance as well. Hence a couple of charge downs. So it just goes goes to show they were up for this game. Yes, it was. It may be viewed as something very, very special, um, this particular game. But yeah, at the end of the day, you, you, they both both teams still wanted the W beside their name. Uh, there, there was there were a couple of comments up in the media box that um, that could, could they manufacture a draw um, for this one? But that was definitely never on the cards. Um, I, I did I did ask the uh, uh, the New Zealand. Um, Rugby guy uh, in in the media box whether whether there was going to be golden time or extra time, if, no, if, if, and uh, he, he didn't seem to know. Um, so we'll have to. But um, but yes, um, the uh, yeah. To, in contrasting skulls, Moana Pacifica taking those three points each time, whereas um, the uh, the Mario Blacks with uh, with Ash Dixon there going yeah. to the corner. Um, clearly, he, he like he likes like he likes driving more, doesn't he? Oh, he, he very much does so, but uh, credit to Manapas Pacifica because for a side, you know, both sides obviously thrown together. I thought they defended uh, that line-out drive, uh, that, that initial line-out drive. I think that was when Messam, uh, I think, was uh, got penalised for a double movement, but I think they, they actually did really well to to quell that game. It was it was strange. There was some odd bounces on the field, but that I think that's got more to do where we are in the scheme of things. We're almost in into uh, well we're in december aren't we paul so the grounds are 
extremely hard and you could see the odd bounce every now and again. Yes, absolutely. And um, so, uh, and, and so, yes, yeah, so, so we had basically um, putting on pressure whenever they got the, the opportunity for penalty, they, they would go to go sticks. Um, whereas we, uh, we had had the uh, Mario Blacks go in the corner and they must have gone to the corner about five times and they only pulled off one try out of those. Mm. So you say good defense um, by the, uh, uh, by the Pacifica forwards, um, because I say there's a number of guys in there who enjoy that thing. Um, Ash Dixon got asked during the media conference afterwards about um, uh, the uh, line-out malls, and he explained that look, um, a, a it's uh, it, it takes a lot of practice. It's not, uh, and uh, whilst it might come across as boring um, to some people, uh, it also wears out the opposition. He says, look, we got a we got a scrum penalty after one of those line-out malls. Sure, we didn't score the try, but we wore them down. Um, and we took advantage of that afterwards. So um, I know a lot of us will probably look at the line more and go, okay, if you didn't score the try, you failed. Uh, whereas I think there, uh, that the, um, the players' philosophy, or, or for some teams, not for, not for every team, um, is that it is part is that it's, it's part of the wearing down process of the opposition uh, and trying to tie them out. It's not just about uh, the, the only. Uh, obviously, they want the try, but that's not the only purpose of the of, of the more. Oh, listen, Paul. I thought both teams. Had a really good, uh, more more so at, at at scrum. Had a really good good set piece. Scrum was good, was a good even scrum battle, and and you know neither neither team actually got on got on uh, top of each other um, during that time. But I actually thought one area where the New Zealand Maori were very good, and that's uh, the beauty of having such a a really good promising uh, uh, forward, um, Manaki Selby Rickett, is just so good on the air. But he's he's good on other people's ball. As well, you know, he's quite quite a light lock, and uh, I actually thought um, he was one person along with uh, Walker Leawiri who enhanced their reputations, Paul. And I thought they actually worked really well as a combination. Uh, Leawiri, Walker doing the the, the graft, and of course uh, Manaki Selby Rickett, very mobile around the field and and good in the air. No, um, yep, absolutely. Um... The and you got to remember this. Both these sides. I mean, obviously, the Moana, Moana Pacifica side um, haven't played together before, uh, or haven't, haven't existed before, um, and have had one week's worth of training. Um, the uh, Maori All Blacks. Now, whilst they do meet every year, um, the, I think there was something like eight or so debutants in that um, uh, in that side. So you're looking at nearly half uh, out of the 23 um, of the uh, of, of the side being brand new. So again, a lot of players. I mean, um, I don't know if Quinter Pyre and Proctor played together under twenties, um, but if that if they didn't, then this would have been their first time together. So mm. you've got to yeah, um, one of them obviously from Wellington, the other one from Waikato. Uh, so you've uh, yeah, there's there's for for teams that have so little preparation time together, the the way they played from a connectivity point of view, I thought was very good, especially when both of them highlight the amount of. The amount of time they spent doing cultural stuff rather than um, actually, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, actually, rugby training in the build-up yeah. to this. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine there would have would have been a lot, Paul. I'm saying that, like I say, I think there were, were some some uh, guys that really en enhanced their reputation. Uh, Nocturnal Rights just mentions the uh, Billy, Billy Proctor try, and and I agree that was a try that was in the great traditions of. Of of Maori rugby, but in the in the in the modern game, um, if you've got some strengths, you've got to utilise those strengths. I know there was a bit said in the social network about the Maoris being a bit boring, and 
and, and, and kicking to the corner. But, boy, if you've got a team that can, you know, there are times you've got to keep the ball away from the other team and you've got to be a, a little bit tight because I think if the Māoris had been a little bit more loose, I think that game would have actually suited uh, Mana Pacifica. So there were times that they actually had to had to tighten those games up. Um, one Another player who I actually thought en- enhanced his reputation, Paul, and it was interesting to see him playing at second five was Paul Tupaya. Um, we know him as a as a as a centre, but watching him at uh, at second five last night, I must say I was mildly impressed. Yeah, um, and uh, as you say, we're, we, we've only seen him in the thirteen jersey uh, for Waikato and also for uh, for the Chiefs so far. Um, so seeing him in that twelve jersey, um, I thought um, considering, especially considering who those two guys are up against, uh, I thought they did have a um, uh, have a have a, have a good one. There, um, the um, <laughs> nocturnal rights. Um, so gives a gives us a player spotted. Uh, for those of you who who listen to the uh, the um, Blood and Mud podcast, you'll know you'll, you'll learn some of my reference there. But he reckons he, he saw jo- uh, Josh um, Honey Honey uh, in uh, in Dunedin on Friday lunchtime, but was playing Saturday night in Hamilton. Um, there was definitely a number of players that had to, that were called up last minute. To the Mario Blacks. Remember, uh, they only picked twenty-four people men in their original squad, um, and uh, I think had uh, two or three go down injured. So, uh, yeah, there were definitely players who were called in at the last minute to play um, for the for the Mario Blacks um, as well. Yeah. yeah, Paul, I was going to say good shift too from the from both Honick and and Rakete Stones. I thought their work rate around the fringes with their number of tackles they made, along with Ash Dixon. Um, even though he, he missed he missed a vital one, oh, it wasn't vital. He missed a tackle very very late in the game. But uh, Ash Dixon always seems to play most of the, the games that he he plays in for a for a guy who's um, coming towards the end of his career. But I actually thought not only did the the props do very very well at scrum time, but I actually thought they did a lot of tackling around the fringes. It was just seemed like it was one of those sort of games. Yep. Um... Yeah, in the first half, so three penalties plus that uh, Trask hit, hitting hitting the line at pace, and boy, that was that that, that was an impressive try. Um, I talked to him after the game about that one. Um, then yeah, in, in, into the second half, um, the uh, yeah, when they had Ash Dixon try, we've, uh, we've had a mention about the Proctor try. Um, the um, Nani Satoro comes on, um, and. Uh, they took off. I think the um, they ended up taking off both of their. I think Manu Manuel took off both of their um, uh, centres and ended mm-hmm. up playing with like uh, um, two fly halves and uh, um, and five outside backs, um, <laughs> which was uh, or four outside backs. Sorry, um, which was an interesting one. Um, but Nana Satori put in. Yeah, got a good break, um, but the uh, conversion hit the post um, on that one. Mm-hmm. I think actually Josh Iwani had a decent game. Um, I mean, he's been taking some flack recently. Uh, as well as ha- has some, has had some dodgy performances for Otago, um, but I thought in this situation, in this setup, he did he did really well. Mm. Probably helped by the fact of having a really good um, nine, who took a lot of that pressure off him in Fakatava, uh, who really had a good game, uh, even if he's still carrying a pillow around in the back of his head. Mm. Um, the <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so. Um, so Alamalo um, Motoya uh, scored the um, powered over for 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 the for the um, Manawa Pacifica. Um, then 
Um, Karpik came on uh, to score um, for the, um, uh, it was a two on one. Uh, basically, line out more, got stopped. It came in field, they went back, back, back to the blind side. Uh, there was a two on one there. Karpik just dummied and went over. Um, pretty simple try. Um, and then uh, Dwayne's um, 16 meter one, well, <laughs> four, 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 four or five meter one anyway. Uh, oh, this... scrum. Um, I was going to say, Paul, give him a bit of credit. He showed a bit of strength to get across the line. He did absolutely. He had to. He, 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 uh, it wasn't. Um, he did. Yeah, he had. To, he had some work to do, um, and uh, and got across. Uh, and got across. Like his, his description of it was: well, the, the boys, uh, the, the forwards pushed forward, and I, I just had to put it down, which I think was a little bit. Uh, <coughs> Modest of him, uh, overly modest, to be honest with you. Oh, listen, well, I've got to say, what a year for Dwayne. <clears throat> it's it's been winning the uh, Mighty Cup with with Tasman, and what a what a great way to uh, for uh, Dwayne uh, Politavale to uh, to finish his season. Absolutely, I mean, for, for a guy who um, was uh, captain of the Utah Warriors uh, um, in the middle of the states, I mean, a million miles from as as, as I said in the interview, a million miles from the water um, to come back and then represent a team. Um, connected by the ocean, um, really was uh, has, has been a has, it's been a been, been a um, a bit of a crazy no no I'm talking about Manoa, Manoa Pacifica oh, the, okay. the the islands connected by the 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 um, we're not they're not separated by the oceans the oceans are their highway they're connected by the oceans um, the um, see I'm getting into all this cultural stuff yeah I know you, you are you are days. I um, know it's, it's starting to sound like Sir David Attenborough but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as you say, yeah, as, as, as well as picking up the uh, uh, the, the um, with um, with Tasman as well. Yeah, it's been a very strange year, uh, and you've got to look. You've got to take these. Uh, and, and there's, and there's, a, there's a lot of commentary around at the moment about how bad 2020 has been. Um, but uh, yeah, for some people, um, you, you've got to take the silver lining from it as well. And uh, and yeah, he he would not. He was not expecting to have. Uh, well, he didn't have Microsoft 10 contracts before the season. Mm. He definitely wasn't expecting Moana Pacifica to happen either. Um, he was just expecting to play in the States. Paul, so, just, uh, Paul I'm just going to mention, while you know, some some players may have enhanced their reputation, I, I've got to say in the last couple of weeks, I've just, uh, for me, um, uh, Salisi Rayasi, who we acknowledged was probably the, one of the better players of the uh, 2020 might have been cut once again a l- little bit quiet on the night. It was just that just a case of maybe Mana Pacifica not getting the ball in the right positions and giving him a bit of space because he seemed really quiet. It seemed like we were seeing more of the uh, Maori wingers uh, than we actually were of the uh, of the uh, Mana Pacifica wingers. Yeah, I mean also Lester Fainanuku, um also a pretty quiet night as well. Mm. Um, you're quite right. Yeah, um, the uh, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they really managed to, pardon me, pull pull off um, what what everything that they were um, uh, trying to necessarily. Yeah, they, perhaps they played a bit of a narrower game. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, and maybe that does come down to just a matter of what, uh, how much game time do you, or how much preparation time do you have? Mm. Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought uh, uh, it'd be remiss of me not to mention Sean Stevens. Sean Stevenson. As well, we know Sean Stevenson's one of those players that he possesses a really good skill set, and I really do like like the fact that he's a fullback with a very very big boot as well. But boy, look look dangerous every time he got got ball in his hand. Obviously, that that a break that he made down the sideline, trust just uh, touching the uh, touching the line, that would have been a good try had it had it been uh, completed. 
Oh, as, as the All Blacks Twitter account said, yeah, best non-try of the season. Um, the um, uh, and yeah, yeah, yes, it, it, he's a player who has a fairly uh, languid style, um, and so someone that, uh, that, that 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 can be criticised by 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 fans for 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 not really trying um, because he has such a, a laid-back style of play. And I'm pretty sure he does try, um, and, I, and he showed his strength as well as as well as um, positioning and game. Uh, and game now in this game, which I think was very good um, as well. So yes, uh, yeah, he had a good game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes at the uh, um, at the Chiefs next year. Uh, look, obviously he plays fifteen for um, uh, for, for North Harbour, but with Trask and David McKenzie, he's not going to be playing fifteen, is he? Uh, he's going to be playing um, on the um, on the wing. Um, uh, so it's going to be uh, so. Yes, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how much how much game time Trask gets next year, when you've got um, uh, um, Gatland possibly at ten, and then uh, um, and Dave McKenzie at fifteen. Where, where does Trask fit in? That's a good. Uh, um, I want to know because yeah, he's been playing some cracking rugby um, this season. Um, play with with the Terry Black at Bay of Plenty. He's been playing at fifteen a lot um, this year. Uh, and boy, oh boy, did it. And I guess, and he, and he fits in that mould of a lot of teams nowadays wanting to have a second playmaker so they can play either side of the ruck. Um, and he suits that very well uh, with as, at, at, at 15, um, definitely. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much game time he gets. Because um, I say, yeah, he's a really promising player. Um, yes, um, perhaps a comedy moment of the... Uh, uh, of the game was Bryarsi uh, trying to kick the ball and missing it entirely. Um, so yeah, look, really enjoyable game. As someone said in uh, higher up there that look, the, the time flew by watching this one, uh, and it did. Uh, this was de- yeah, you definitely this 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 game didn't. Um, you weren't kind of thinking, geez, this is taking. It, it, it kept moving. There's lots going on. It wasn't a really enjoyable game to watch. Um, so yeah, cracking game and. Uh, Already comments of, oh, could this be annual fixture or should there be um, a three-test series, a bit like the Bledisloe Cup and all this kind of stuff? Uh, let's just wait and see. Um, also, um, one that we'll discuss probably on Tuesday evening is that Ash Dixon mentioned during the post-match interview that, uh, hey, if we're going to have this Moana Pacifica Super Rugby side, why don't we have a Maori um, Super Rugby side? Um, so, um, Wow. wow. <laughs> He said he didn't want to start any arguments, but boy, oh boy! <laughs> oh, I think I think yeah, I think he has. <laughs> I, 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 I would suggest that if if, uh, if we've got a sharp journalist around, that'll get picked up on the wires this week. I would imagine that comment. Um, so we'll um, so we'll discuss that one on Tuesday night. Uh, is the is the Maori All Blacks place in future, um, perhaps as a Super Rugby side rather than as a sort of uh, quasi international side we'll have to wait and see um uh, so we'll have a yeah, we'll have a chat about that on tuesday evening we'll also um review uh talking about so uh, anything else from that game before we before we move on no that's about it i suppose something that i that i was a little bit unusual towards the end of the game was the uh the two the two props uh who finished uh, for the maldives you you had uh almost like a 15-year gap between Ross Wright and uh, Tamaiti Williams. Tamaiti Williams, of course, a, a former Whangarei boys uh, high school uh, product who's been uh, drafted down to, to Canterbury. And boy, what a sizable kid he is. I saw him standing beside one of the locks and he, um, 
and he looked like he was almost looking them in the eye. So what a what a promising young man, and I think the Crusaders for him is the perfect place to be, especially with the likes of um, uh, Joe Moody and, and guys like that in the frame. And of course, uh, Ross Ross Wright. Um, listen, he played a hundred games for Northland this year, and if it's the last time we see Ross at this level of rugby, along with uh, Liam Messam. Um, man, thank you guys very, very much. You've been great servants of, of the game. Well, the perfect ending for uh, Liam Messam would have been a try, but he did the old double movement. But uh, listen, uh, what, a, what, a, what a fine, outstanding individual he is. And like I say, credit to Ross Wright if it's his last time running around. One heck of a way to go out. Absolutely, yes. Um, what are you, it's uh, a game uh, to remember. Most definitely this one will be. Oh. Um, the... An interesting one there about the, the size of the prop, and was one of the ones that I've. Uh, um, uh, I can't remember which game it was. Now I was, I was watching a game recently, and, and yes, this very tall prop came on. Um, and one of the comments also from that was, "Look, from from a scrummaging point of view, um, the uh, the um, how difficult that makes it um, for the lock at scrum time when you've got one." Um, um, that's might that might be uh four or five inches um away from where if you're a short hooker anyway away from where the the, the hook of the bum is distance wise and how that alters you how you push um and things so um yeah it's gonna be it's it's it's, it's it, and, and also we've talked um previously about players uh who with a long back um can get uh, can get out scrummaged even if they're more powerful because mm. um by uh by, by a more stocky um prop so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes being quite so tall because there are there are disadvantages of of that when you are a prop. Uh, as well. Yeah, I see the. Uh, I often I know Offatoring um, Fussy in the in in the early days. In in his early days, struggled at scrum time. He's become better over the years, but once again, very very tall man. Angus Tarval is is another that's another very tall man that sometimes seems to struggle against the shorter squatter props as well. I, boy, I, I suppose it's just uh, genetics, Paul, the, the, the way it is. But, boy, these are big men. We know how effective they are on the carry. Uh, they, take a, they, they take a few people to drive them down. But, listen, I think the modern props uh, these day, Paul, is just not just about, about scrumming. It's about work rate. Oh, it's about work rate. It's also about lifting at the line-out as well. A tall prop, obviously, mm-hmm. lift, lift oh. up. Lift a lift a jumper higher as well. So um, it's it's a swings and roundabouts thing. Um, it's yeah, it's not all about scrummaging, um, but it does create an interesting um, problem or an interesting uh, uh, situation to to solve um, at scrum time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, so the other big game, or the other big game for, for us down south anyway, was um, Australia, uh, take, or the Wallabies, taking on the Pumas. Um, and a good evening, Jordan, who's joining us a bit late. Um, great to have you along in the live chat. Don't forget, folks, um, well, I was going to say we're here at 8 p.m. every Sunday, but this is probably our last one. I think one of the things that's been, um, uh, well, it's the end of the season. Um, and uh, it, it's, 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 it's really interesting. Well, it's been interesting having these games down south in our time zone where um, it's very clearly the um, uh, the the end of um, the, it, it, it's the, 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 the season has been marked by these two games as, as, as being sort of the, the, the cutoff. Whereas previously you kind of have the season ends here and then the sides go to Europe and we have the November tour and we have the games up there, and so the kind of it's not a it, it's not such a clean end or clean break at the end of the season. Um, whereas this is uh, say this 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 has brought a clean break uh, to the end of the season. So um, yeah, the review show I think will probably um, disappear on a Sunday evening uh, and come back um, for Super Rugby, um, basically because of a lack of rugby games to kind of review that they're in that are on that are, that are, that are local. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say unless you want to send us your backyard. Uh... Uh, video games of rugby and and we can uh, dissect we can dissect all of those maybe not <laughs> maybe not <laughs> maybe, maybe, yes maybe not maybe we'll, maybe we'll skip that one uh, the <laughs> show on Tuesday night will continue throughout the through, it will, is is a fifty two week a year thing so that will continue don't worry um, but um, but yes the, the the Sunday rugby review show will take a break after this week um, f- uh, until Super Rugby uh, comes around and we'll we'll, we'll kick off uh, back uh, um, back back again then. Um, so yes, the, uh, um, Nocturnal Rights Oz, um, game was dour and hard conditions played a big part though. They played a big part in, but more so in the second half than the first half, I think. Um, and, uh, we can blame the conditions for, for the performance in the, in, in, in the, um, in the second half. I'm not sure we can blame, we can, we can put all the blame on the conditions for how the Wallabies played in this one, Stephen. Yeah, it's it's really crazy, you know. When you when you think of the eastern seaboard in Australia, in uh, in in December, the first week of December, you I mean to say you probably think uh, you probably think it's going to be close to thirty degrees, hot, sunny. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, it looked like monsoon rain uh, when that came in on the on on the second half, but it was on the back of a, a very very unusual night. Unusual because it started unusually with a uh, with the um, indigenous anthem. Um, mm. For Australian rugby, which is uh, you know, so it just shows you maybe their times are changing in Australia as well, and maybe it's it's just maybe a a reflection of of, of their culture. We know that the current Australian rugby team is uh, is got a big Pacific Island element in it at the moment. Um, so whether that's got a wee bit to do with it, and and maybe that maybe the Australian rugby union are just sort of ethically trying to get more and more get more in touch with their uh, 
with their own being. I don't know, maybe they're similar to to what we do in New Zealand here. But listen, I think it's a good thing. Great to see. No, absolutely. And um, I'm frantically uh, trying to find a um, uh, going into LinkedIn for a post because there was a post in there by um, by an ex Wallaby. Uh, I will find that um, and uh, we'll, we, we, where he talks about this. Um, and um, one of the um, things he sort of he talk, talk, talked about is that basically this this is this looks like a um, uh, here we are. so Bo Robinson um, posted uh, in there. Um, and um, he says that this he sees this basically being a, um, a shift in, in terms of purpose um, for the Wallabies. And in the past, um, they used to represent the Wallabies and Australian rugby community. Now it's about he thinks it's about so this is this is a move showing that it's it's representing Australia and all Australians um, rather than just the rugby community. Um, and uh, he said it was when he chatted with Liam Messam. Um, last year, he was. It was interesting that um, uh, when he talked to, uh, that when they talked about Dave Rennie, was that at the time at the Chiefs one of the big focus areas there was a sense of was was Dave Rennie bringing a sense of a greater purpose than just playing rugby. So um, I think this is uh, a day. I think the, the, a, a big part of this might be Dave Rennie um, uh, having a hand in this uh, mm-hmm. and showing uh, and, and saying, "Look, guys, this is this is what playing for Australia." Not for the wall, not necessarily just for the wallabies, um, means, uh, and we need to be. And I think, so I think he's, yeah, I think he's perhaps having a part of this as well. Yeah, and that um, that anthem was done in the language of the Eora Nation, which is the local coastal tribes from around the New South Wales area. So yeah, a, a really nice moment. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, feedback coming from former Australian wallabies. Great, Matt Gitto called it a very special moment. Uh, in uh, Australian Australian sport, along with Kirtley Beale, so uh, listen, it's, it's 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 wonderful to see, and it. it's I think it's that sense of sense of being. So whatever whatever works for them. Yep, no, absolutely. I guess one of the problems they they, they might have was over here, and I'm probably going to be putting my foot straight in it. Um, is that we we, we have a, a fairly recognised Maori language um, across. Whilst I'm sure, whilst I'm sure there are, uh, and I'm aware there are. Um, Variances across the country, but there is there's this kind of an accepted standard language which we can do where the, the song was. Um, am I wrong there? Because I, because whereas I think the the First Nations I think they've got very different languages yeah. over Australia, so trying to pick one language to, to use is, um, pro, is, is, is 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 will be much harder for them. Yeah, well, the the news the the uh, Te Reo Māori anthem is just really a rendition of the English. Language, isn't it? But in Maori, yeah. No, what I'm saying is that, that we don't have um, multiple Maori languages. You can, you can. There, there, there is one main. Oh yes, yes. Recognised together, whereas it's whereas in Australia they've got like five or six First Nations. I, I'm sorry, I'm just pulling that that number out of my ass. I don't know how many there are, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm um, I believe, and I, I could be very wrong, but that they'll have very different languages, uh, and it's not just. There isn't just sort of uh, an Aborigine language um, or First Nations. What I'm not sure which word I'm supposed to use, but um, in that, um, so but uh, but yeah, no, great uh, great move by them, um, and uh, clearly they chose the language that where they were playing, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when it's a, a welcome to this, a welcome to nation, a welcome to the land that they have at the beginning as well. Thankfully, as far as I know, he didn't uh, didn't welcome um, uh, the Netherlands this week. 
<laughs> now, there is one piece of one thing we can rejoice about here, um, folks, about this one. And I think this probably goes across all rugby fans. Um, okay, so nocturnal rights reckons there's about 120 um, Aboriginal languages um, in Australia. So, yes, uh, a few more than, uh, sorry, 250, sorry, he says. Um, so, yes, um, more than my five or six that I suggested. Um, Get that man on the payroll. <laughs> yeah. But there is there is no pay. There is no pay. No, no. <laughs> um, and Dr. Wright says, Phil Kearns is there for comedy, I think. Um, and, uh, uh, Jordan mentioned, yeah, the, the, the shocking biasness by, uh, by Phil Kearns. Absolutely, there was. And I say, the one thing we can't talk about, 25 years, folks, that Fox Sports have had um, rugby union in Australia, and they've lost it. Yes. So next year we won't have to have Bill Kearns. Um, so that is one thing that is uh, that, that, that we can rejoice about. Other people who have lost their jobs, I feel sad for. Phil Kearns, I'll be blunt, I don't. Um, he should have lost his job a long time ago. Um, suggesting that that, um, that Angus Gardner should just put his whistle in his pocket, just ignore stuff so that the game could flow, was, yeah, it was a new low for him. Um, absolutely appalling uh, commentary um, from him uh, in that game. Um, whilst we're talking about that, though, we should probably talk about yellow and red cards in this one. Well, well, I think we should also discuss that that try that the Argentinians scored in the first half because it was a, a, heck, a heck of a good try. Admittedly, I think it was under under advantage, but boy, there was some great opportunity from the halfback, uh, the, um, Batista Del Guide down that sideline and a really really good finish there from uh, the uh, substitute Domingo uh, Miotti as well with the, with the big uh, handoff um, heading off for a good try so that was probably the real bright spot of that part of that first half I've got to say but in between times not a lot of rugby and uh, of course a lot of infractions a lot of infractions yes um, and with that you saw it again different philosophy Australia uh, the 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 Argentine, the Pumas kicking to the posts um, and uh, taking points, the Australians going to the corner and not scoring. And you're like, come on, guys. If, if there's anything we've, we've learned about the rugby, about um, the Tri Nations or the Championship the tournament this year, is that on the whole, these games are close. Yeah. Uh, three points is more than enough to win a game. So, um, the, uh, so yes, so there is actually a, uh, so, so yes, so, um, why Australia just kept turning down three points early in the game. Just get yourself on the board, get yourself ahead, get some points, settle down and keep going. Yeah. Um, some very, very poor captaincy from Hooper in this game. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Paul, because I, you know, I think we discussed this before. I think with Argentina, they're one of those teams that if you keep building, building points, a little bit of momentum, I think a little bit of scoreboard pressure goes on them. But if you don't take your opportunities, they will fight and scrap defensively like you wouldn't believe. And they, I think they, they gain a lot of confidence confidence from their defensive attributes. And it's one of those things. That I think they're the sort of team, if you leave them in the fight, boy, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, they, they, they defend exceptionally well. Hence why the Wallabies had 70% possession um, and didn't win the game. Um, the... Uh, and yes, they will. They have got some extremely dangerous backs, as we saw in that try, in that first half. Um, so if you do turn the ball over uh, and they get enough to counterattack, you can be in some real trouble. And um, fine, Corabetti 
absolute howler defensively. Um, comes in uh, to the player that Hodge has got, whilst Hodge is telling him to stay out away uh, on the other player. Turns his back on that other player, and as soon as that player gets the ball, he then has got, uh, Corbetti can't see him which way he's running. So all he has to do is wait until Corbetti turns around and runs to the other side of him, mm. which is exactly what he did. Handed off the, the, the other player, and boy, in he goes to score. Um, great spot to do it. I probably couldn't do it, obviously. Um, <laughs> say, oh, all you've got to do is just wait for Corbetti to turn around. Um, but um, but still, Corbetti got that one totally wrong. Um, and that was mm. horrible defending by him. Um, such a good player, don't get me wrong, um, especially with ball in hand. But defensively, there he re- he read it totally wrong, and that's um, and, and Argentina got got um, got the try and got the lead at uh, was it half time lead, I think. Um, yep, so yep. Yeah, they took it out. Well, I think they were ahead six six three, and with the conversion around about the thirty sixth minute, that took it out to to thirteen three. And boy, even even in the conditions and with the rain started to come in, mm-hmm. that that's a that's a comfortable lead. In, in those conditions, but um, of course, it uh, you know once we got into the second half, it was it was more of the same, a lot of penalties and uh, more more discipline. And you got to say, that, yes, Argentina will be kicking themselves, right? They should have won this game. They were, as you say, um, nine thirteen up, um, uh, and uh, and then knock over a penalty when uh, with. Um, so on 61 minutes, not only are they 9-16 ahead, but um, Salakai Lotto has been sent to the, has, has been red carded as well. You're yep. a man up with 20 minutes to go. Scoring has been extremely difficult in the game. Sure, it's only a five-point lead, but hey, it's a lead. Um, they, they, they should have closed the game out from there. It, it's quite interesting, Paul. You know, uh, usually with a, a red card and a shoulder to the head, we'd all be sort of a little outraged, but now it's it's normalised. We're just looking at that going, yep, yep. It's a red card. It is. It is what it, it is. What it is. And I thought initially when I saw it, I thought, "Nah, you you actually had time to change your level of your tackle. You were you were rushing. You were rushing out to the guy. You should have just lowered your target a little bit lower. And for a tall man, you're too high. These guys have just got to fix their fix their technique. You're just they're just not well, learning, Paul. When you've got the Australian commentators even going, oh my word. Didn't the, the, the didn't the players hadn't players taken the message of the two yellow cards in the first half? You have to drop your height, folks. Even when they're not complaining about the card, you know and, that it, <laughs> it was a smack and, on dead red. <laughs> and you've got Phil Coons in agreement as well. Yeah, Phil Coons. <laughs> I mean, put those put, put those cards back in your pocket. No, you kind of like wow. This yeah, that, that was as obviously red under the current um under the current way rugby is is officiated. As, as anything you'll see. So, yeah, no arguments at all. Um, and uh, um, and as I say, um, they should have closed it out from there. Uh, multiple infractions from themselves. I mean, one of the things they did know was that um, they could give away as many penalties as they felt like in their own 22 because Australia weren't going to kick three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> if you're not going to be kicking your threes to punish it, they're just going to happily go, Okay, we're we're just going to play on this game line the whole time. Paul, Paul, there's a certain irony that uh, Australia turning down all these penalty kicks at games, but in three of the games that have pretty much cost them are are probably last-minute kicks at kicks at goal, um, which I find really ironic. I and and one person you've got to feel sorry for is is Reese Hodge. Okay, 
So the draw against uh, New Zealand, what does he do? He hits the post. The uh, draw against uh, the Pumas two weeks ago, he misses. The draw here, again, he misses. And he knows. At the afters, he grins. And he's kind of like, oh, my God, it's happened to me again. And some people have been saying, look, uh, I've seen on, on Twitter going, look, you shouldn't be grinning. Um, you should be really upset by this. One of the things we try and tell players uh, and try and instill in players is how if you make a mistake, put it out of your mind and do the next thing right. Don't let that mistake hurt the rest of your game. Um, and here we are with a guy who makes a mistake, finds a way of getting it out of his mind and continue playing, and then he get the, and then and then he gets told off for not being upset enough. I ain't, sorry, folks, that's not what it's it's be it's supposed to be about. Um, uh, it's you, yeah, you play professional player or well, all players. Look, if you make a mistake, put it out of your mind and do the next thing right. Um, we should definitely not be having a go. Uh, of Reese Hodge for missing these. Um, hey, look, at least he steps up and takes them. Um, and uh, generally has been playing pretty, has been playing well this um, this uh, this tournament. Uh, so yeah, um, tough one, tough one for him. Once again, Paul, it comes back to it comes back to the captaincy, um, as you as you previously said. But on, on saying all that, credit to the the Australians. They clawed them, they clawed their way back into the game despite mm. despite. Um, being down a man, and of course, uh, during that time, it was the Argentinians that got ill-disciplined when they collapsed them all. So, yeah, really weird. Both teams not learning. Yep. Uh, and then Argentina picked up a yellow, so they lost their advantage. Um, Hooper um, scored a scored his twentieth try, I think it is for. Um, so I think he's the highest scoring forward um, in uh, for, for for Australian internationals. Um, and uh, and Reece Hodge knocked over the uh, conversion to even things up. So yes, um, they wouldn't have been in this game if Reece Hodge hadn't kicked his other kicks. Um, it's just a shame. Anyway, it's just a shame for him um, that um, that yeah he missed one kick all game, folks. <laughs> it's not like he was having a shocker with the boot. We've seen Bowden Barrett have a shocker with the boot and lose a game, right? Um, where he's missed four or five. Uh, but when you just miss one, then it, look, it's not the kicker's fault um, that the game was that close. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, atrocious conditions, not the best game to watch, but, um, uh, congratulations to the All Blacks on winning the Tri-Nations. Yeah, um, pro yeah, probably, and probably more to do with the undoing of, of Australia, because if you, you kind of look at two of those, you know, they could have, out of those three, three draws, they most, they most definitely probably should have won all three of them. And really should have walked away with a trophy, but they've ended up with nothing. Yep. Except that they've ended up at the bottom of the table. And um, um, and um, we will um, on Tuesday evening uh, we will go through just like we did for the Mighty Ten Cup, giving uh, and reviewing the season for each of the teams. We'll review the season for each of the uh, um, Sanzar teams um, as well uh, on Tuesday evening. Uh, so do join us for that, and we'll give you our opinion. Uh, as to how did the All Black season go, how did the Wallaby season go, how did the Cumin season go, and um, boy, um, why can't the Springboks play rugby? Um, the um, but there is one team uh, that that will that will come out of 2020 with a perfect record. Um, overnight, uh, we had three games in the Autumn Nations Cup. Um, Georgia lost to Fiji 30, uh, 24 mm -hmm. 38, meaning that Fiji 
We'll leave, we'll finish the year with a hundred percent record having won <laughs> best matches. And um, uh, and and just and just reading that scoreline, Paul sounded like I saw a few highlights of some of the tries that they scored. Obviously, uh, a bit of a chat with uh, Namani Nandolo at the end of the game. I think he was named the uh, man of the match, and yeah, it was it was quite an emotional interview if you if you've caught that. Um, and obviously, a lot of it. A lot of pent-up frustration, shall we say. Um, but it also probably shows that Georgia with a still, still a little bit more work to do, Paul. A little bit. Um, a lot more. Um, <laughs> they, they lost me $3. Um, they've, they've managed to lose to a team, um, and this is no disrespect to Fiji, who basically have not been able to train for the past month, right? Um, they've, they've not been able to train. They've been stuck in their rooms. Um, their training regime has been running around their room to keep fit um, for most of the last most of the last month um and all, a bunch of those players have had COVID. have been mm. sick and georgia still lost i mean seriously mm. that's uh, yeah that's not um uh the preparation um uh for um uh for for uh, uh for that fiji team was appalling um not through no fault their own um well uh the um that's but yeah having COVID uh meant they've missed their other three uh autumn nations cup games uh, which is an which is an absolute shame, uh, and um, yeah. Uh, so hence, I predicted a Georgia victory on because I, I just couldn't see the Fiji team having had any. But I guess in some ways they're used to having no preparation when coming together because of the uh, the way they get the way that uh, the, the tier two nations are treated by world rugby. Mm, interesting, Paul, and and a team that I've been a little I've got to say a little harsh on in the in the last couple of years because I've questioned whether they're actually good enough to be in the Six Nations, but I was. Uh, um, I've been watching a little bit of Italy during the um, the Autumn Nations Cup, and I'm starting to see some little incremental improvements in their game. A little bit more flair added. Looks like they've got a young first five and young midfield pairing, and they're just giving the ball a little bit more air. And I thought they showed a little bit of character after being down to Wales by about, God, I think they were down about seventeen five or seventeen three, something like that, to 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 actually battle their way back to. Uh, Eighteen seventeen, and if you saw the look on uh, Wayne Pivak's face with about with about fifteen minutes to go, he was not impressed at all. He's a man under the pump, so he went to his bench and pulled a lot of his guns on. And uh, of course, Wales scoring some late tries to pull away from Italy at the end of the day. So I'm not too sure if you're seeing that same improvement, Paul. No, absolutely, it's, um, there, there's a side that seems to to that, that, that stays in the fight for the first sort of half sixty odd minutes, and then, then doesn't have the bench. And the fitness to, to 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 compete towards the end. And yeah, they went down fourteen nil in the first twenty minutes. Uh, came back to um, fourteen thirteen at half time, um, and were leading seventeen uh, um, eighteen, leading by a point uh, going into as you say the uh, the, the um, last quarter. Well, well, well again, yeah, in well, fifty eight minutes is when uh, is when is when the Wales started to pull away and scored three tries. Um, so. Um, so yeah, so just, so but yeah, clearly they were competitive for a chunk of the game. They were competitive for for, for a chunk of the, the French game before they went behind, and then um, uh, and then lost uh, lost track. Um, so yeah, so it's um, yeah, you see, say improvement by by, by Italy. Um, Wales won that one, thirty eight eighteen in the end. Uh, but um, again, it's that last quarter uh, where. Um, where 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 Italy is struggling. Um, uh, no, I'll be honest, I haven't seen the game yet. No, 
Uh, I also haven't seen the uh, the Ireland um, Scotland game, which finished thirty one sixteen. In this one, um, the uh, uh, apparently um, Sexton um, threw a bit of a strop when he came off, but you know if he came off came off injured as well. Um, but I don't think he was um, particularly happy. Um, uh, another one where Scotland uh, kept in it until half time, eleven nine um, at um, uh, at half time. Um, but uh, early in the second half, uh, a couple of tries opened the gap out to twenty five nine, and uh, yeah, it was all over then. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. For for Scotland again, Scotland very good at home, struggling away from home. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's sort of gone gone to plan, I suppose. Uh, um, we've got just the one game to come, which is tomorrow's final between. Uh, England and England and France, Paul. But um, of course, the uh, French clubs have had a bit of a bit of a say in terms of uh, the uh, team that the uh, French are going to put out on the paddock, which is which is disappointing. Um, yes and no. Um, so yes, they had a say. Is it disappointing? Um, the um, is that um, basically the is it, look that they a lot of the, the a lot of these players are. Um, uh, top-level professionals in France, they are very good players. This is not actually going to be um, the, uh, the, um, uh, the 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 walkover that I think a lot of people expect. France have got a lot of depth. Um, and what this is allowing them to do, look, remember, we're at the beginning of a World Cup cycle. They're going to get uh, they're going to get to know uh, whether these players can cut it or not. Um, and it'll be, be really good experience for them um, heading towards towards the, the World Cup in 2023. At the end of the day, uh, listening to a lot of podcasts or listening to several podcasts in from from Europe, no one cares or no one seems to care about this competition. Um, it's it's uh, and, and a few people have said, look, we don't want to see England, Wales, uh, Ireland, Scotland, um, whatever, outside of the Six Nations. It means yeah. something in the Six Nations. Yeah. This made up competition hasn't really caught people's imaginations from what I can tell um, and therefore uh, and and we've seen that by these sort of the, the, by uh, Fabian Galtier deciding that hey I'm going to use um, uh, I, I'm not going to keep my best players to the final uh, mm. I'm in blocks of three uh, so that the players stay with me and don't not be chopped and changed which makes a lot of sense um, and uh, uh, but um, if he was taking this seriously he would have saved his best players for this one and rest them against Italy, for example. Um, so, yeah, it goes to show that uh, this... It, it's good to have the games, don't get me wrong, um, but it's not something that um, that I think... It's not something that's caught the imagination of the fans. Yeah, no, I suppose you're, you're, you're right, Paul, and um, it's interesting. Aaron Ranchard just said, did anyone in New Zealand watch the Autumn Cup from up <laughs> north besides Paul? Well, I hate to tell you this, Aaron, but I do watch a bit of it, and I also... From the Northern Hemisphere, I've been watching, interestingly enough, to see how that goes. Is the uh, Premiership Rugby in one game that I, I watched on uh, on Saturday morning had a bit of a lion, and I watched the uh, Bristol uh, Newcastle game, and of course uh, Bristol with a last minute uh, last minute penalty goal resigned uh, Northampton to the bottom of the table. But the interesting thing for me in the table is the newly promoted team Newcastle Falcons. Um. Sitting on twelve points, Paul. Yes, three wins, no try bonus points um, yeah. so far. Um, but some um, extra three wins and three try bonus points means yeah. that yeah, 
Uh, Exeter Chiefs are going to be the team to beat again this year, folks, if you hadn't yep. guessed. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, give them the title now, folks, um, because no one else is challenging so far. Um, yeah, Newcastle, fantastic start to the season. Um, and a season that was going to be, that, that was, um, we are looking at thinking that, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of teams that actually can get relegated this year. Um, uh, and uh, it's, it's quite often the team gets promoted that yo-yos up and down. So it was important for Newcastle to get a good start um, and to be three victories on the bounce. Um, you've got to say they're, they're nearly safe already, <laughs> in all honesty. Um, when you think um, that um, last year that um, Leicester, who effectively finished bottom, obviously Saracen's got really got, got pet points taken away from them, but Leicester, who finished, la who finished 11th, um, only had six wins all season. Newcastle have already had three. Um, Newcastle's on is uh, is I say is in a good is, is almost safe already. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, it's um, uh, it's it's very impressive by Newcastle. Um, you've got to say what's going on, um, and I've forgot suddenly gone blank. The ex Hurricanes coach um, who Chris, is um, Chris Boyd. Yep. Yeah, he's. Um... It looked like he'd done. It looked like he'd turned the corner last season, uh, got to play some nice rugby, uh, but uh, since COVID, they've just been a mess. Yes, it's small small margins. I mean, so the first two games, well and truly thumped in the first rounds. They were well beaten by Sale. The second round, they were once again pretty much beaten by twenty points by Harlequins, and of course this latest latest game, where they were pretty desperate for a win, admittedly playing away in Bristol. Um, yeah, just losing. In the last minute was a, a bitter, bittersweet uh, pill to take. With our own domestic rugby season finishing, I, I always have an interest in how all the Kiwi boys are doing up in uh, the Northern Hemisphere. And of course, that was Pat Lamb's day, not uh, Chris Boyd's day. But the, you also had a couple of New Zealanders uh, uh, running around, uh, running around uh, for uh, Northampton. Uh, Matt Proctor, brother of Billy Proctor, running around for uh, Northampton. Uh, Northampton these these days and uh, Aleki Leilula Leua who'd played for the uh, uh, Hurricanes and uh, of course there's uh, uh, Piers Francis the ex uh, Blues man who played for England also running around but yeah definitely a day for uh, uh, Bristol that included the Evergreen prop John Afoa at 36 <laughs> years old and they he's playing so well they're looking at maybe extending his contract for another one year so good for John Afoa. Yeah, looking at this season and last season, uh, Northampton Saints have won one game um, since they've come out of lockdown. Um, and that was against um, um, London Irish. Uh, so, yeah, how, you've, you've, you've got to wonder how, how long Chris Boyd will last with that kind of record because it's, it's, it really has, um, has gone wrong for them. Yeah, um, Paul, it, oh, yeah it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how things play out and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep a closer on it once all the... Uh, internationals come back into the, uh, the the premiership, but I'll be keeping an eye just for our viewers out there, but both Paul and I will probably keep an eye on the, the results there. Of course, there's a, a few New Zealanders running around in uh, those particular teams. Almost seems sad, Paul, we've come to the end of our uh, domestic season, just a couple of sevens tournaments. Just wanted to a quick shout out to um, <clears throat> the uh, players that were involved in the uh, Ignite uh, Sevens uh, down at Blake Park, Park in uh, Told on over the last couple of days. Congratulations to uh, to Georgia Miller, the young 16-year-old who was part of the Bolt women's team that uh, took out the trophy this year. Uh, only 16 years old, voted the player of the tournament. 
And uh, whilst his team, the Surge, didn't win the tournament, the Bolt men's uh, took out the victory this year. Playing for the Surge won Brady Rush, who represented Northland this year, taking out the uh, player of the tournament for the men's. So congratulations to both of them. Whether that gets them a contract, we'll have to wait and see. So some definitely some promising players running around in that tournament. Don't forget, we've also got the uh, Condor Sevens coming up on Thursday. Not exactly sure where that's being played. And I think there's a tens tournament down your way on the weekend, Paul. Um, um, I think it might be being played in Cambridge. You'll have to keep keep an eye on that. So that could be an interesting one to head along as well if you're not busy with your girls. Well, I've got my girls this weekend, so I'm, I'm afraid I'm not available for to, to, to head out this weekend. Um, the I must argue, I've, I've uh, <laughs> I made a big mistake today, folks. Um, so I thought I would walk from Waikiki um, to, um, uh, to 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 a uh, to a tavern. Um, Stephen Hale was organising a, uh, a Twitter catch up for for drinks, and um, uh, Google reckoned it was a two hour walk. Um, two hour by two hours, I was nowhere near it. Um, and uh, tried hitchhiking. No one stopped for me, which was disgusting. Two people actually stuck the middle finger up at me while they drove past, which I thought was a bit a bit, a bit uncalled for. Um, people not stopping, I get it. I understand why they stopped somebody, but sticking your finger up at someone who's hitchhiking was like, really? What's <laughs> anyway? I laughed, but so, uh, so yes. So I, I then stopped in a local cafe and walked walked the two hours home instead, and uh, missed and uh, ended up being out for like five and a half hours. Um, and I've got blisters on my feet now, but never mind. Uh, not the best of days for me. Uh, Stephen's uh, muted. I'll give you a tip, Paul, next time you're hitchhiking, mate. Um, pop on some dark glasses, uh, carry a cane, and just sort of tap the ground as you're as you're walking <laughs> as you walk as you're walking along. Um, and I'm I'm pretty I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure there will be a, a sympathetic sympathetic eye that would have stopped and and, and picked you up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um so yes um the uh it was it, it was uh, as aaron says a uh, nice day for a walk it was a nice day for a walk um i'm not sure that uh, so that, that me showing some leg would have helped uh someone for like a walk. <laughs> no um, no so no. uh so yes um Okay, folks, um, thank you all very much. I say this is the final rugby review show of the year. We'll be back next year um, for Super Rugby, Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU, um, as uh, as well as the uh, Minor 10 Cup and all the international action as well. So uh, don't forget um, to like, subscribe, what um, uh, follow on, on whatever platform you are using. Uh, and also you can head over to – oh, by the way um, – as Stephen says, we will be keeping an eye on all the European action, and, and every week I post up predictions for all of the leagues on um, nzsportradio.com. Um, if you're a supporter of those, uh, you'll get to see them straight away. Uh, if you're not a supporter of uh, New Zealand Sport Radio, then you'll have to wait until Friday when I unlock them. Um, but yes, priority access for supporters of all those predictions. Just head over to nzsportradio.com. Um, and uh, thank you very much for joining me again, Stephen. We'll be back on Tuesday evening. As I say, to review the international uh, act, uh, the international season, um, as well as ask that serious question: um, it, Should there be a Maori um, Super Rugby team? Um, so yes, we'll be uh, asking that. As I say, I, I might even clip out um, the bit from the interview that uh, where Ash Dixon suggests it, and we can uh, have a listen to his thoughts before we discuss it. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 